Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with Scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. An Erio's original each week, we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week, you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and this is The Aftermath. The Aftermath. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Aftermath. Today, we're speaking with guest expert Mark Nelson. Mark is a WBA, IBF, WB, and WBC championship referee. Let's hear what he has to say about the Mike Tyson-Evander Holyfield fight, famously known for the ear bite. Hi, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad to be here. So how long have you been a referee for the, for, uh, the WBA and all of the other organizations? I know there's the, the four major boxing uh, organizations. And, and how did you get into the industry? Well, my father is a retired referee, uh, Denny Nelson. He refereed in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and 2000s. He retired uh, from refereeing about four years ago. So I basically followed in his footsteps. I would go to the boxing matches and follow him around, carry his bag. And I really wasn't interested in boxing. It was just keen for me to see what my dad was doing. And then I, um, after going to all the amateur boxing, the regional director asked if I would be interested in helping the youth and getting into it. So that's kind of how I started in 1989. In 1992, I was granted a professional referee license in my respective state of Minnesota. And then it just kind of went from there where the uh, after some experience, the, the four uh, organizations started to put me on their roster and, and license me for world title fights. And where were you? Where, uh, during the Mike Tyson Evander Holyfield 
fight? Were, were you one of the millions of people watching? I'll live? tell you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you where I was. And I was just a developing pro referee at the time. I was a pro for like four years. So my father had a get together at the house. There was probably 10 or 12 people over, including a couple sports writers where they could write about it. They wanted to watch it. And what's interesting is there was a storm that night. So our cable went out. Oh, no. <laughs> a half hour before this fight started. So we rushed over to my sister's house, bought the fight, brought the food. And right when it came on, round one was like halfway through. And then boom, uh, round three, the bite and everything just went chaotic. Do you remember how big this moment was just in the the, the zeitgeist? How, like, was everyone tuning in? How important of a fight was this? Well, for my, what I remember, it was it was a major event, pay-per-view. Uh, um, millions of dollars were involved in the fight. And uh, we were it was probably the most one of the most bizarre situations ever in boxing as far <laughs> as an intentional foul when he when he got bit. So can, can you give us an overview of the fight? Uh, we would love to have just a step by step account of what happened. Well, the first what happened was um, big fight magnitude, probably one of the best referees in the world was in there. Mills Lane, who's. He recently passed. Um, I, I believe the first bite, the referee didn't see it. But Holyfield stepped back and he said, I got bit. Well, then he looked at it and he realized he got bit. The, the referee, I think he was thinking of stopping the fight or disqualifying, but he dawned on him. We have a intentional foul. And what happens in boxing is, is if there's an intentional foul in our sport that causes an injury, and the fighter is allowed or wants to continue that's injured, the referee will take two points away and then resume the fight after a couple-minute break, okay? And in this situation, um, the referee realized, wow, there was a bite. Um, he thought about it and realized, okay, we have an intentional foul. He brought Holyfield to the doctor. Is he okay to continue? Doctor said, I think he's okay. Evander, do you want to continue? He said, yeah, I'm, I'm capable to continue. So the fight resumed on. And then um, in the next round, of course, he bit him again. And that was it for the referee wasn't going to tolerate any more nonsense. And that's when he was disqualified and everything erupted. So I, I know that uh, Tyson has said that the, the bite perhaps came because he had been headbutted. Now, how common are headbutts during a fight? Do do you think it's possible that Holyfield intentionally headbutted Tyson, or do you think it could have just been a mistake? No, I I think headbutts happen in every fight, and I think the fight prior to that they had the first fight, and then this was the second rematch. Um, Tyson was complaining about how he was a headbutter and stuff of that nature, but even when I give instructions in a dressing room before the fight. If I have a tall fighter and a fighter that's a little bit shorter, there's all usually there's going to be headbutts because the taller fighter is going to try to come down to get leverage and they're going to bump heads. Um, especially, you know, if 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 he's an inside fighter and and Holyfield liked to fight, he liked to fight inside, which is really close to his opponent. 
So I don't think, I don't believe that Evander Holyfield intentionally headbutted where in his mind he thought, I'm going to butt you, man, and slammed his head into him. Mm. They were, it was just, it was his style of fighting. It wasn't to intentionally harm his opponent. And um, the nature of the heads coming together, that's that's what happens in our sport. Do, I'm curious if Holyfield had decided not to go on after the first intentional foul, would he have lost the match or or would that be considered a forfeit? Nope. The rule in our sport is if an intentional foul causes an injury and the injured fighter is able to continue, the referee will deduct two points for the intentional oh. foul that caused harm. Uh, there's, some, there's some fouls that are intentional that don't cause harm. And then it's the discretion of the referee to oh. really give a hard warning. But most intentional fouls, are they're going to lose one point if it causes an injury. And the re- reason that's in our rule is because most of the in- intentional or accidental fouls are from accidental intentional headbutts. Rarely is a headbutt intentional. So that's why we'll go to the scorecards after four completed rounds if there's an accidental headbutt that that causes an injury. But if Evander Holyfield simply said, I can't continue, it would have been a DQ on the spot. Mm. But, you know, there were hundreds of millions of people watching this fight or several million people there uh, watching. And I, I suppose if that was a, a club fight with a four round fighter and they're making $300 each and a kid male or female bites their opponent. Mm -hmm. And the kid says, geez, I'm not continuing. This is crazy. The referee would probably just disqualify him Mm. unless he wants to continue and he's able, but the fighter has to remember if, if the fight does go, if the injured fighter does want to continue um, the fighter that calm caused the injury the only way he can win is by not stopping his opponent or knocking him out. If that fight uh, would have went the distance uh-huh. and and Mike Tyson, uh, it would have been a, a, a technical draw if Mike Tyson was ahead on the scorecards. I because see. you can't win uh, if you intentionally injure your fighter. Wow. Unless you stop him in the fight. So it's almost like... He, not that he had nothing to lose, but perhaps he was, you know, in that position after the intentional. Yeah, I don't even think anyone thought about it. I mean, it, right. bang, we have a ear coming off. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about it. We're, I'm thinking of DQing them. They, they thought about it and said, we have an intentional foul that caused injury. Four-round rule will prevail if we go after the four completed rounds took a two-point deduction and resumed the fight but then again after he bit him again he said that's it it's over you're done and in your experience is it how common is it for an opponent to bite the other opponent on the ring Uh, have you ever seen this no but a colleague of mine in new york recently um a fighter bit another fighter uh, i think on the shoulder and he was out of position, so he didn't see it. They actually caught it after after the fight. They realized, wow, he bit this guy. But I have no idea why um, why a boxer would do that. What frame of mind they're in? Yeah, it's pretty bizarre. How closely does the referee work with the ringside physician? Do do, do they 
work together to make certain calls? Yeah, we're always working with that ringside, not always working with the ringside position, but we talk to our doctors prior to the fight. Uh, they'll give us a rundown on their physicals, how the weigh-ins went, if a guy was a little dehydrated. So we have a pretty good understanding of everybody that we're going to be refereeing. We know where the ringside doctor is going to be sitting. That's the first thing we talk about before a fight is our communication, how we're going to communicate in between rounds, when I'm going to call the doctor in the ring to examine a fighter for pretty much any reason, if it's there's a cut or if he's taken too much punishment. There's, we might want a doctor to come in the ring and examine them. Now, in, in professional boxing, uh, unified uh, rules with the ABC, only the referee can stop the fight. Uh, I can ask the referee's medical opinion, and if he says, I recommend you stop it, then a referee's going to stop it. Now, some states like New York, um, the doctor can actually stop the fight. If he feels a fighter's in distress, they can literally jump on the ring apron and say, ref, that's it. Uh, and that doesn't happen in every state, um, but I know New York has that rule. Wow. It, but we, now, we are working closely with the doctors. So co- constantly communication, icon, especially if a fighter's um, distressed or he's taking some punishment, he's getting tired. That's when we're saying, doctor, get in here in between rounds and check him out. Gotcha. I had no idea that the, the rules were different in, in uh, the, the different states. And some, I'm assuming you, you, you travel all around. Yeah, I've been fortunate. I've probably refereed in 17 different, 18 different countries. Wow. And over, I, I probably worked close to 950 pro fights and which include uh, over a hundred world title fights. And, um, Thankfully, I've never had anyone get seriously injured in a boxing ring, always working closely with the doctor. I was just recently in Japan three weeks ago and had a meeting with the doctor before, and there's always a language barrier, but they understood English, uh, my native tongue. So if I wanted to say to the doctor, what's your recommendation? But uh, for instance, the WBC has a pretty good process in place where if if a referee asks a doctor do you think I should let him continue or stop? He'll pull a card out of his pocket. And if it shows red, it means stop. If it's the other side green, it means we're good to go, ref. So it's just for uh, for the language barrier. It's a really wow. good process. Yeah. Now, this is a, a more of a referee question. It, it, it's, it's my understanding that when a boxer goes down, the 10 count is not necessarily 10 seconds. It's just the length of the referee's count. To ten, Correct. so it, 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 is is it part of the sport for a referee to extend a count depending on how close the fight is, um, no. or or to make it more interesting? How, how do you make that call? That is a ten second count, but it has to be pretty damn close to a second. And with referees, we do a really good job practicing that. I'm counting one to ten on a second in my car. Oh. And I'll rewatch fights where I had a knockdown and I'll because on a on a on a fight on television, you can see the seconds lap that are lapsing in the bottom left corner of the screen. And if a referee's way too slow, he's taking an advantage away from the, the boxer that knocked his opponent down. And that's a really good point, because I recently was at the WBA convention in Orlando last fall and. A good half hour of their seminar was that 10 seconds, how crucial it is. 
that you should be close as you can to that second. If you're too fast, you're taking an advantage away from the down boxer. If you're too slow or when he gets up, you're taking too much time. You're taking advantage away for the, when a boxer scores a knockdown, you know, you want to get that count done, check the fighter as fast as you can and not take an advantage away from the scoring, the boxer who scored the knockdown. Have any of your counts ever been contested or, or maybe a referee you've known? No, there's been ref uh, criticism where all that count was way too long. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, I know there was some criticism when Mike Tyson was knocked out by Buster Douglas in Japan. Uh, They thought the referee counted too slow. So they, I think, filed an appeal after that. Um, I don't know what the, I don't think the outcome came any different. But yeah, you really have to be on top of your game. And, you know, we're only human. Referees, we make mistakes. I've made mistakes and we learn by them. And it's it's just it's it, part of the industry, and we have to have thick skin to be in there, and um, you know because we are going to get criticized even if yeah. we make the right call. We I, I've stopped fights where uh, and uh, my colleagues where they've stopped a fight and they're complaining and complaining. Well, they find out later that he got sick and he collapsed in the dressing room. So then they're thanking us. Wow, you know. So we're always going to be under a microscope because yeah. the referee is the most visible official in the business. Now, personally, as a referee, what is your mental preparation going into a match? Knowing the rules, knowing the sophisticated rule, how to handle these rare situations that are going to happen. The night before a boxing event, I'm in bed at a reasonable hour. I'm not never drinking alcohol 24 hours before a fight, any pro fight. It could be a four-rounder or a world, world championship. I'm preparing. And... Any referee, all referees can be good if there's nothing happens. But if something bizarre happens or uh, sophisticated rule surfaces, uh, as a championship referee, you have to know how to handle that. So I'm going over in my head, what am I going to do if there's a low blow? How am I going to handle a situation if something bizarre happens? If he clears the ring and hits the floor, well, then they got a 20 count to get back in. Um, Focusing completely on that fight don't worry about any other fight don't uh, knock out all the distractions and refereeing professional boxing is it's a very high stress environment it's it's probably the hardest of all sports officiating and just to be mentally prepared Mm -hmm. because you know when we get an assignment we're going overseas it's 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 a good feeling to know that the jurisdiction in a foreign country has enough confidence in you to invite you there. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Elmo Adolph, was uh, from, um, I believe, Louisiana. He was a professional boxing referee, and he also umpired baseball, college, and football. So he could tell everybody openly, refereeing boxing is the hardest of all sports because I do all kinds of them. <laughs> Now, watching the fight back, what is your take? Had you been the referee, would you have done anything differently? I don't think so. I I think Mm -hmm. what we do when we talk in training, um, and we have exams that we give, you know, if we are doing training, how would you handle these situations? And they're not really trick questions because we want people to pass the exams, referees. But if you just step back and take a look at it, what do I have in front of me? I have a foul. Was it accidental or was it intentional? It was intentional. Now go to the next step. 
what's the process we have in place for a referee if there's an accidental or intentional foul? Uh, currently, for the low blow rule, um, accidental or intentional, uh, there's a five-minute rest period. And I think they're starting to exercise right now where if there's a foul that causes an injury, they can allow the boxer uh, to start a five-minute clock to kind of let them recover. But right now, it's, it's only for a low blow. But think about it. Okay, we got an intentional foul. Say it's a headbutt. He cuts him. Call time. Send the one fighter to the neutral corner. Tell the other fighter, listen, that was intentional. And our process is... If the other fighter's ready to continue, we'll take the one or two points and then resume the fight. Uh, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves where I've seen some officials, well, they'll see a foul or intentional or they'll take a point immediately. Well, well, maybe the opponent isn't able to continue. So just you got to take your time, think about what you're going to do, what the process is. Mm. And for that fight, um, I don't know. I, I was a developing referee at the time, but I, I might have froze. But if a championship <laughs> referee was in there, he would have probably did the same thing as Mills Lane. So at the end of the day, if you had to pick a person or a thing, it could be a concept that you think is to blame for the bite that Mike Tyson took out of Vander Holyfield's ear during the infamous fight. Who or what would that be? I don't know. I think maybe Mike was just frustrated. It might have been frustration with the first fight, maybe family matters, uh, promotional stuff. Who knows? But um, I'm sure there's all kinds of documentation. Or Mike could probably tell you. Uh, there's probably uh, he could probably tell you why he did it. He might he might say, I don't know, I was going crazy at the time or something. But it was pretty probably one of the most bizarre situations in boxing. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, helping us understand, you know, a referee's take and, and and job during, you know, what could have, you know, what could be a a, a very uh, concerning and interesting circumstance. Yeah. And again, our primary concern for our primary role as referees is the safety and welfare of the fam fighters and their families. That's our number one thing. Safety first and then everything else. We appreciate it. I thank you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Alarmist. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. I mean, how fun was it to get to talk to Mark, a referee, and ask him mm-hmm. all of our questions? Every question we had from our episode. It's true. I, it's really, <laughs> I love, I mean, this one has been really fun for me. I don't know why I've like really enjoyed this episode so much. And he- hearing him talk, like in the inside scoop is great. Like, yeah, you get to, you know, ask all the technical stuff that you're just like, I don't know what, a, how a referee would act, you know, well, I, he's yeah. telling you, <laughs> he's telling you, I love him talking about the exams that they, you know, I kind of felt like yes. acting school, it's like, they're like training for this moment. Like we're going to, what about this situation? How are you going to respond to it? Like what's the I next mean, protocol? <laughs> I almost wanted to stop the interview and giving him a, give him a standing ovation when he, when he said that he practices counting to 10 yes. in the car. <laughs> I'm like uh, the dedication yeah. is off the charts, really and that he, he 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 likes t- then goes back to fights and times himself mm-hmm. to make sure that it was accurately ten seconds. I mean, bravo! I appreciate that he said something that really caught me that I thought was great. He said, "All refs can be good if nothing happens, but it's like <laughs> how you handle the bizarre offense and the low blows. Like the experience yes. actually matters, and he's been in it for over thirty years. So yes. it's like true. I could be a ref if no one does anything, and they just." because <laughs> I just I would fake it you know what I mean like yeah I'm, I'm doing good refereeing here yeah yeah like, you just like kind of look like you're looking <laughs> yeah. intensely at yeah the I'm fight. totally neutral I'm here for it but then something happens and I'm like I don't know what to do doctor <laughs> <laughs> yeah well he said that he's got you know the most important thing is to take a beat right not mm-hmm. not to jump to conclusions to really take a moment and examine the situation, not make calls until he has all of the information. I, you know, I felt so taken care of. I can see why he's such a successful referee and why you'd want him on your ring. The mindset of it all, like, yeah, to be, because again, like we talked about this during our initial episode, like the stakes are high, like the, the mental, I don't know, everything is going on for the fighters, people in the audience and you are the ref who's kind of in charge of that like you have to be really even keeled so it's kind of fascinating to hear him kind of walk through like 24 hours before a match like how he is getting himself ready which I like you really appreciate the um the preparation and like the Mm -hmm. commitment 
Mm-hmm. And he said that he thinks that boxing might be the hardest one to to referee. Right. And, no, I and it runs in his family because I love that. Yeah. Right? His, his dad was a ref. It's like you just passed down that torch. Well, it, it, it must, I, I think it, it must be stressful because you're the only one there. Right. And so, I know. No, like you, there's not like a, uh, like a conference of refs that you can like confer with. I, it's, I guess the doctor is, but I would imagine, is right, like quite yeah. an ally if there's like a real injury. Yeah. And I didn't know that they work so closely. Right. I mean, it sounds like it's a real team, uh, you know, because they're they're trying to make sure that all of the boxers are are safe and healthy. Interesting, too, about uh, only a ref being able to stop the fight, except for in New York, for some reason, like it's uh, I I would imagine it would have been like universal, but. I wonder like, why that carve out in New York. New I York guess. says the doc can step in and say, uh-uh, no more. Right. Hey, maybe more states should allow that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I wonder why New York, there must be, there must have been some fight. It makes me, you know, right. usually these, these laws or. Uh, or reactions to something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, there I had must the have same been something thought. that happened. Something happened in New York. Um, how interesting how um, to hear that um, Holyfield if, could have decided not to go on after that initial bite, and that would have been an automatic DQ, as we learned, means yeah. disqualification, not Dairy Queen. In the initial <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> automatic Dairy Queen for Mike Tyson. <laughs> Keep that. Um, yeah. But he wanted to go on. I mean, again, we talked about this too. It's like, why all those people are there? It's a yeah. huge fight. Well, and, and Mark mentioned, you know, if this was like a a, a, a local fight mm-hmm. and that uh, an intentional foul occurred, you're probably going to take the DQ because the stakes are so low, you right, know? Right, right, right. But you're, millions of people are watching. They paid for the match on pay-per-view. You're getting paid $30 million. <laughs> And there's been so much hype leading up. Yeah. This is like the, you know, these are the career fights. It's like defending their championship. You know, they are the best of the best. Like, and I'm sure to a certain extent, the boxers feel like they want to put on a good show. Right. Well, and also Holyfield's like, great. I have an advantage now. Like he's bit off my ear. He's points are deducted. Like there's no way, unless he knocks me out, which I'm sure he feels confident is not going to happen. Right. He's already won. Yeah. He just you has to what, make it. You know what we uh, forgot to put on the board, which could, uh, you know, is part of this tragedy, is that the show must go on mentality. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's true. That's a good one that we like to come back to every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Does the show need to go on? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I'm losing an ear, show's over. <laughs> Just personally. <laughs> For the record. Yeah. Oh, my God. If I'm getting, if I have a tiny scratch, show's right. over. <laughs> if I'm in a boxing match, show's over. I, I quit. <laughs> you win. <laughs> I'll put the stuff on just to look fun. And then I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Know, it's, it's over. I'm I, di- I lost. <laughs> I'm disqualified. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> oh. Um, so, so, yeah. So, he, he, what did he end up sending to the alarmist jail? Well, what he said was Mike's frustration, but then he said, but who knows? Like, it could have been a family matter. It could have been promotional frustrations, oh, oh, right. a fluke. Like, 
it, Mike's frustration. It's kind of hard to get into Mike's Mike Tyson's mind. Right. But it seemed to be rooted somewhat like speculatively in Mike's, you know, on Mike's side. Yes. You know? Yes. So so Mark is is blaming Mike's frustration and 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 kind of the fact that we just don't know. But it, yeah. essentially that's blaming Mark. Uh, sorry, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think Mike that's Tyson, right? Something and what in did his world. We, yeah. What did we end up sending to the alarmist jail? So we threw Tyson's uh, fragile masculinity, mm. which is totally, uh, okay. you know, uh, us speculating. <laughs> um, and we gave the big slap. And this is what we might want to rediscuss, too. Okay. We gave the big slap to the refs, Miles, uh, Mills Lane and the physician. And then we threw them in jail for the second bite. Oh, so we, the refs were both thrown in jail and slapped for allowing okay. the second bite. And so I think we need to revisit these slaps, right? Because after talking to Mark, it feels really clear that the refs were doing their job. I mean, even Mark said that, that if he had been a ref at that fight, he doesn't would have think called- there. There, right. anything would have been different and he said that like when you asked it's rare but like there are other bites and it's they have a process for that it's an intentional foul and yeah. they dock two points and if the person wants to keep fighting they do if not then that's an automatic dq so it yes. sounds like the refs got one like it, this was like a once in a lifetime kind of foul but they're like but the, these are the rules so we'll follow them you know it feels like this story has been a victim of a particular narrative mm. in that refs, like Mark said, it's hard to be a ref. It's stressful to be a ref because you're kind of the bad guy. Yeah. And I feel like what, what Keith said um, in our initial episode was like, you know, depending on <laughs> like who you're rooting for is like who you blame. You know, it's like mm. if you're a Tyson fan, like you're mad at, you know, the ref or you're mad at, whatever and if you're a holyfield like either way the refs don't look great yeah you can always blame the ref yeah (laughs) so maybe that's not the call here yeah so what are we gonna slap what else i mean could we slap the show must go on mentality i was just gonna say why don't we throw that up on the board and give it a big slap (laughs) i that Sounds good to me. Yes. I'm so glad we get to revisit these verdicts because we don't always get it right. <laughs> no, we don't. And I really feel like we were like really ready to throw. I wonder how Keith would feel about this because he's, mm. he, he knows. Yeah. But. But He's this feels right. <laughs> yeah, this feels right to me. This feels right. I feel like the show must go on mentality. Like everyone who's involved with it falls into that category. Yeah. The refs, yeah. the players. Like yes. Sometimes we need to know when it's inappropriate to go on, especially when there's, I mean, blood. You expect some blood from a boxing match, but when someone intentionally bites off someone's body part to cause that blood, it feels like we've crossed a line. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I'm going to call it. Great. The show must go on mentality. You're getting the big slap. All right. Sorry we slapped you, refs. I know. Sorry. <laughs> if you take it back, we'll give you a spot. We're eh? so sorry. 
Uh, But I mean, so awesome to have Mark on the show. And stay tuned because next week we're going to be discussing the kidnapping of Patty Hearst. And the expert for the Kiss Nightclub Fire will be on next week's Aftermath episode. Powered by ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.